Hi there, this episode is an audio rip of a YouTube video. If there are any references to the screen or to the video itself, then be sure to go over to YouTube and actually check out the video, which will be the same title as this podcast. Thanks. Okay, hello and uh, welcome to episode 13 of the 2396 design course series. Today what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a look at the um, how to approach the project, the large practical project task. The, um, the project is supposed to take about 40 hours of work, but some, some training companies will give you a year or two years or something. What often can happen is you go on a training and you do day after day after day after day of calculation exercises and you, you have your assessment or your exam and then you're told to go and do a, a project and the project is assessor marked so uh, whilst the sitting guild will do an external verification on that to make sure that it's you know good enough um there's no real answer sheets and so and that, and that makes sense because there's 101 different ways to do a design and if you were to say oh they must design it this way that's kind of being a bit a bit silly. What they will do is they'll look at the pro the paperwork that you give them. And remember, I've, I've mentioned in previous videos the importance of an OEM, making sure you give them all the information in the design that, that you have. Uh, give them that information, and then, then what they need to do is verify that you've worked with it properly. So with the drawings, you obviously you can draw your, your, your cable routes and all your wiring, and then they can do the calculations that you've been trained on to verify that everything's okay. What I advise, though, is you know, it can be hard to approach it because it sounds like a, a mindful of work. It's a lot to do, and quite often you can just be left to your own, you know, your own to do it. And what we need to do really is, um, and my advice is, spend the first couple of sessions, whether it be a day session or a couple of evening sessions, to actually not plan to actually create any design yet, not put anything down. What you need to do is just sit and consume the information. So you'll have provided for you. You'll have something like this mock example. So you're given a scenario. Of the um, of of the site, the client, the utilization, so how it's used, what the purpose of the store is, the construction, what it's what the fabrics of the building are, the walls, the floor level. So you can you know these are all there for you to determine methods of install. You know what wiring systems you need to select and what wiring systems you can get away with. A uh, very important one for us in particular is the ceilings. Um, quite a large area of this of this plan that we've got here, for example, has a suspended ceiling, so we can be quite free above the suspended ceiling as long as we secure the fixings properly, and we get quite a bit of freedom for that. And then you have the supply information, which we're going to use later on in another video, where we have that supply characteristic. We have the the ZE and the PFC, and we we need to verify an awful lot of things uh, to verify, you know, um, protection of ele electric shock is there. So. That information is essential, but that's all here. And then the last bit just tells us that we must comply with 7671 and hoists, lifts, telephones and stuffs outside of the scope of our design. Um, at the bottom of this, there would be an attached drawing, but you can also download directly from uh, City Yield, or you may have been provided with it, digital copies of the drawings for the current draw, uh, the, um, project that's in place. And they're fairly, fairly good editable drawings. Now, when I did my 239120 project, I, what I did, the first thing I did, and it's like I suggest that you do, is I had the clean copies provided by the train, but what I did is I took copies of those, just photocopies, and then I just drew on those. So I kept the stuff clean until I had my final design idea. And um, 
Well, I actually did. I had an A4 piece of paper with the draw a diagram on, and I got those clear, you know, those um, overhead projectors with the clear overlays that you could put over. And I had a pen, and I'd put an overlay over the diagram, and I'd draw a route for the trunking, and then I'd put another overlay on. Then in that trunking, I would draw the circuitry of the earthing and bonding, or the sorry, the uh, main protective bonding, or the circuitry of the light circuit. So I had an overlay for every kind of thing. Um, it was easy to manage. It was easy for me to kind of not go on top of things. But um, nowadays, obviously, you, you may have access to something like Photoshop, and so you can just add the layers in there, you know, if that's easier for you, you know, whatever's easiest for you to work with and to manage it. That's absolutely fine. Starting point though, is read the information, get a good understanding on the actual project, on what you're being asked to design, where you're being asked to design it, and the types of wiring systems you're going to naturally adopt. The next thing you need to do is once you've studied your drawings, and going back to that, we can just look at this here. So we can see with this one we've got our intake position here and next to that we've got DB1 but also we have upstairs a DB2. Now there's nothing in the actual spec that says that DB1 must be just power and lighting or DB2 must feed X, you know. Um, so in this case I'm just going to go with this is for upstairs power, DB2 upstairs and this is for downstairs power, DB1 downstairs. It just keeps things simple really for me. And again, fundamentally, that doesn't matter as long as the specifications haven't asked for it to be different. Um, the person marking just needs to verify that the method you've chosen to use, you've calculated the data correctly to work with that method and that the method isn't a little bit stupid. So I'm noticing a couple of things with this drawing in particular. So I have my intake switch from here, but I have right next to a goods lift. And I know from the wine regulations that we are not allowed in a service lift or a lift area. So I can't run power this way. So my main power is going to start off going this way. I also have a hoist, which we can't get into that area for, and we have the staircase. So I'm going to bring my main power in this direction, and then I'm going to go this way, and we're going to have our suspended ceiling. So what I'm thinking is I'm going to run a main distribution all the way along the middle, and I'm going to come off of it with lighting and power in different directions for different circuits. I also notice a couple of larger power demands. So I see there's a 32 amp three phase supply here for a hoist. I see over here two single phase 32 amp supplies for the air curtain. Uh, other than that, that's it. Um, everything else is lighting and power. So what I thought I would do is run a trunking, metal trunking along the main center of the stop, the, uh, the catalog shop and I then come off in conduits towards the small power. But for the trunking, this, these 32 amps, it's probably gonna be a pain in the ass. So what I probably will do is I'll either run a ladder with both a trunking and a tray on it, or I might just run trunking and a tray beside each other. You know, we'll see as, as this goes later on. But what I can do right now is say, right, I can't go this way. I have to come this way. And then I want to go through the middle so that everything is of fairly even length of travel. Okay, and bear in mind this is this is the suspended ceiling. I can go over the suspended ceiling, absolutely fine. This is the suspended ceiling. This, although it says in the scenario, the suspended ceiling is um, 
not in storerooms, intake and stairwells, I'm going to assume then that this, because it's a good in, there's racking, I'm assuming this is a storeroom, so I'll have the trunking in here, it'll be mounted nicely in conduits, but then over here it's just above the suspended ceiling, so it should just go in a straight line, should get away with that. What I'll then do is decide what arrangement layout for my lighting and which route my conduits will go and then I've got my small power and we'll go from there. So if I go to Photoshop, bear in mind I've only spent two hours on this, I just needed it. I've had so much stuff with the 18th edition coming up and Royal Ascot and stuff but I need to get some movement on this because I know people have been asking for it. But um, I'm going to do a follow up video on this where I will show you the calculations for these routes that I'm showing you now, even if I notice later on that these routes are a bit shit, I'm going to go with these and I'll do calculations for these. And it may be we determine the routes could be better because of the calculations. We'll see. Uh, so as I've suggested, I'm going to take my main distribution run from the board, and I'm going to go. Can't go this way. I'm going to go this way around, and I'm going to go all the way through the middle. I always go through the middle if I can get away with it. That way, everything is of shorter run. The trays, which will go along it, they may also extend. So here's something that marks the additional length of a tray. So I've got this extra tray. This is a trunking ladder slash tray run. Then I've got this bit here going here, which is just for this 32 amp three phase supply. I have at the end here for these two 32 amp three phase uh, single phase supplies. And then there's this last one here, which is again, it's just for the main bonding. Um, I may put a small tray in to carry the bonding nicely. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. I just need to know the route so I can determine the length. The next thing I need to do is decide what switching arrangement um, I'm going to need. Because if I look at the drawing, there's no actual switch light switches here. The light switching for this area is actually there is a multi-gang switch here and here for for it so what I need to do is get all my, my there'll be a big grid switch and they're going to be switching all of these now I need to say okay well do I want all of this on two switches three switches four switches and to work that out I think about common sense do you want 20 switches eight switches whatever but I also think about loading and layout now these are your 1200 mil lamps so off the top of my head that's the 58 or 54 watt ones so probably looking at five six amp for ten of them um so on 10 amp circuits i could switch i could switch 10 on a 10 amp circuit quite easily um that's my initial approach so i'm going to think about putting 10 on a switch and so what i need to do is just think about a layout so if i have the first one on the first switch Okay, I've gone I've gone instead of going in a line like that, I went across so that if one light switch fails, it's not an area of darkness, there's shared lux from the other circuit. So there's one, there's the other, and then three and four. So those are the four circuits I have at the moment laid out. That's all of the main area. The jewelry sales does have its own switch, but I'm gonna include that for the ELV lighting here which will just be um, on a little plug and click rows and these will daisy chain off. And the same here for these ones. Probably, there's a multi-gang, so I'll probably have three on one, three on one, three gang switch for there and two gang switch for there. Uh, fundamentally, the lengths aren't gonna change according to how I switch them. 
um, so it shouldn't be an issue there. But that's my initial approach with the lighting for that. I've now got my lighting out here, eight lamps. Um, there's a line here, let me just go to this other drawing so you can see it clearer. There's, um, there's an illustration that shows you that this light and this light must work together on a two-way configuration. Similarly here, this light, and this light, and this light on a two-way configuration. That doesn't mean they have to work on their own circuit two-way. What it means is, um, from an operational perspective, if someone wants to come in here and hit a switch, the switch that turns the lights on shall turn all of this route on. This route shall be lit in a two-way means. So if you come in, you turn the switch on that hits these on, then as you leave, there's a switch that turns them off. Similarly here. So they can be on the same circuit because they're two-way switched. All right. So what I did in this case is this was eight lights, so I just thought sod it, I'd like to put them on one circuit. Um, and similarly here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I put them on the same one. For now, I just kept it simple. I haven't, I haven't looked into the intake room or the stairwell yet. I was just thinking about, you know, I don't want 101 light circuits. I just need to make sure that they're evenly balanced, that they're evenly distributed, and they're evenly switched. Um, you could argue that, oh, you know, you should have these on two separate switches. I might decide that later on, but for now, I just need to think about the wiring systems. I have already had a little think, um, little thought about emergency lighting. There's obviously a doorway here and a doorway there, so there's emergency lighting there. There's obviously a doorway through, and there's. I've had an estimate at the spacing at the moment, but what I will be doing is I'll be digging up 5266 and I'll be looking at the required lux levels to make sure I have suitable spacing on all of that. And I haven't even done the emergency lighting for the back end yet, but do remember that you should be considering that as well with your design, unless it says in the spec that you are not doing that area. We should be considering it with our design if we're putting this in. I'm not going to be thinking about a dedicated emergency lighting system with a standby supply thing because this is a single catalogue shop. It's not a place of occupation, of, of habitation. It's not a place of people who are uh, vulnerable. It's a small catalogue shop. Alarm goes off, out you get. So simple, non-maintained or maintained luminaires will suffice off of the normal electrical installation. I don't think there's any need for any further um, scope for that. The conduit runs. I started off by thinking about running the conduits like this, you know, so a conduit to those lights, the conduit to those lights, the conduit to those lights, all from this trunking. And at first I thought, God, that would take the mick if I was doing that actually in, the, in, you know. I then realized that the length of cabling was also quite long by running backwards like this to the trunking every time. I just thought, no, it's not practicable. So I then thought, okay, well, I'll go out. I'll go through that with a plug-in click rose with the through bots to a T and then to another one. So my, my, my theory is, you know, the, the plug-in click rose is above the luminaires. And the, what I'll then do is I'll go along and then either, depending on the scale, I'll just put through boxes, two throughs here with a plug-in click, or ideally they should be above the luminaire. So what I might do is then just go with tube work off there to a stop end like um, like that, okay? So I haven't quite decided. I think that's probably how I would do it, similar with down here. You'll notice that these two here, this one, has been moved to the side because of the pillar, same up here. Always, you know, just make sure you don't cross the pillars when you're doing overlays. Make sure you've not 
uh, compromise any of the, of the, the building because uh, otherwise you know your your assessor will pull that up but uh so right now the power will be running from the board through the trunk and through the trunking and then i've got conduit this way for switch positions sorry here this one for a switch position and then oops and then i'll go through to the lights so for this circuit it'll be boom 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 Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, neutrals and switch lines. And obviously there's a permanent line that will run through there. I've had a little look at the cable capacities. Right now, assuming that these are 1.5 mil cables and doing the counts. And I know that I can get more than two circuits in this single 20 mil tube. Absolutely fine. Um, but I haven't verified finally the sizing of the conduit yet. Because you shouldn't size conduits or trunkings um, until you've sized your live conductors because the actual uh, the way they work is in the on-site guide and I'll do these in the next video I'll show you how I've worked them out but you have the factors so you know you count the number of live conductors or the number of cables being one five two five they all have a factor number you count them up you have a multiplier of how many there are and then there are factors for the, the conduits and you must obviously select the next one up so that you can know that they can carry that I've had a little look at that and this this route that I'm having isn't instantly becoming a problem. It's okay with 20 mil, but I will confirm that in the next video. For now, I'm just trying to look at the routing, routing of wiring system. Uh, where are we now? Okay, so that's that. That's that. Um, I've also got in here then. There's conduits going in here, so I've got a light switch in this position. So from the main power, there'll be a drop for a light switch position. I then go back up into the trunking, and it'll just go in a straight line with um, stop ends at each end, really. Uh, little plug-in clicks, nice and neat, you know, symmetrical. Um, I, I just went like that, nice, simple route. All right. So that was the lighting kind of done at that point. Uh, bear in mind, I haven't looked at this bulkhead above the stairs yet, but, um, or the intake room, but those are negligible little considerations, really. This is the stuff that can delay you getting getting progress and moving forward. So I've got that done. Uh, the next thing was the small power, because obviously it's going to be in the same wiring system. So I've got to look at the small power sockets that are in. I noticed some along this outside wall. I noticed some in the jewelers. I noticed some on customer services and some down here. And there's these two above the ceiling for the TV monitors. So I thought is I put radial circuits in and I'll put one circuit for this firewall, which also fed these monitors. I'll do one for this firewall. Then I'll do another one for the till points and another one for the jewelers. So we've got first one here. Comes off the trunk in. This is the tube work to the back goes along the back to picking up these sockets and then it comes bear in mind the counters lower down I mean otherwise I could have gone down here and gone this way but I've gone along the back wall and then down and then under the counter um, it could be that I could assume that I can go down here and go this way fundamentally I think because I had to get power there and power there the length isn't really going to be a difference no matter which way I go so that was the first one next one this one is just the teals. You'll notice the tube work goes from socket to socket this way and this way, and then it's going to go up the wall and it's going to rejoin a tube that's not there yet because that's part of that circuit. 
So here's the tube work for the other radial for this outside wall. And it picks up this one near the pillar. What I'll do is I'll have two radials running in this tube work. And then here I'll have a T box. One radial will carry on. And the other one will go down and feed the counters. I've already looked at my sizing of conduit, but I will confirm this after I verify what size these lives should be. It might be I have to go to 32 mil. We'll see. Next radial is this firewall this side. So from the trunk in all the way along to the firewall, picking up the two above the ceiling. There's one just off the trunk in there. There's one there. And then here's the first socket. And again, it could be that I go along and I go down and then I go along horizontally low level. Or it could be I go down and I come back up and I go down and I come back. I, I, you know, it doesn't matter which way I do it, but I do need to make sure that in my design, I say, go down, come up, go down, come up, or go down, stay down, because that's going to affect, here's, the, here's obviously the height, this dropping down is going to affect length, and I need to verify that when I do my calculations. So it might be that staying in conduit flush, going down and staying down is better for Voltrop. Okay, but then I'll come back up here to go above the ceiling to pick up on that beam there. Yeah, or depending on the floor, I could go along the floor. It really depends on what I do. Whatever decisions I make, I must describe in the project and I must actually then measure it to match my description so that the assessor can see that I've roughly got it right. Um, what I will be doing now is when I actually come to do the calculations, the well, next step for me would be to label these circuits. I've already kind of started that. You can see here with... Um, light circuits three four five circuits six radials one two three but I you know and I'll, I'll call them what they are but then what I'll do is I'll say the measured length is it might be that I measure length to be completely wrong with the way my wiring system suggests but if I say my measured length is 32 meters and I then carry out calculations to 32 meters at least the assessor can say right well, he's made that one problem with his measurement but everything else he's done okay to his in, you know his assumption so you want to state what length you've got and what length you're working to so that he can then verify to that later on um, okay so we're at that point um, yeah we'll call it there we'll call it this one for now um, so the important thing is to spend your initial session of study time on this studying the project studying the instructions studying the diagrams Get an understanding in your mind of the building fabric, the building layout. I mean, this was a catalogue shop. Um, I, I could easily pop into a catalogue shop to get an understanding on how they're actually erected. Um, and your project may be a fire station or a training centre or an office or whatever. You know, they're not going to be completely fictitious things. You can just pop in and have a good understanding on how they're used anyway. But... Um, the fundamental thing really is to get this good understanding of what the requirements are for the layout and for the structure and for the appropriate wiring systems. I know according to the the, um, the the instructions that I had that my sockets are all to be flush. Um, and I know that in the... It was here somewhere. Here we go. I know that all wiring systems and accessories have to be flush mounted with a matte chrome finish in public areas or metal clad finish in all other areas. So if I was to say in my design, oh, I'll have surface mounted tube work down that wall, that shows I've not followed the client's request. So it's absolutely fine to do this kind of thing, 
but as long as you're saying to yourself it will be flush it will be flush mounted um, sink it in the wall make sure your design reflects a flush mounted install if I said oh I'm gonna put dado trunking plastic surface mounted along the wall here along all these sockets that tells the assessor that I've not read the spec properly this should be a flush mounted tube work wiring system with in the public area nice polished pretty sockets alright so do make sure that you follow through to the spec as much as you can um, there we go we'll, we'll leave it at that that's that's the, that's the point of this video is just to try to give you that 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 push um, study the spec study the diagram soak it all in and then think about the suitable wiring system route make sure the building doesn't limit doesn't um, compromise any of those decisions keep it simple keep it clean um, you know choose whatever method you want to actually start jotting it down once you're at this point I mean I'm not gonna do upstairs um, I'm just gonna do the downstairs for these videos but once you're at this point you can then say right well I can I can now measure these lengths and I can I can determine the lengths and I can now select line conductors select protective conductors because I know the ZD and I know the fault current I know the braking capacity I can select my device types I can then verify volt drop I can then verify and you can do all that stuff now and then if you verify the live conductor sizes you can then verify your containment sizes you can verify that this trunking should be 50 by 50 or whatever this tube should be 25 20 mil whatever you can do all that at that point but you need to know where they're going so you can get the lengths with regards to measuring i i kind of i shrunk the drawing down a couple of times and then blew it up and uh, you'll have a proper a1 drawing you should have which will be your 50 to 1 scale drawing you could use that but again i'd suggest you keep that clean as long as you can what i've done is this luminaire here in this drawing it's an 1800 mil luminaire so i kind of go well if that's 1800 mil i can then put my ruler up to the monitor and i can actually project that okay well x is 1800 meters 1800 millimeters so i can then upscale that and that's what i've done and i've actually got right now a little scale here that actually tells me for every millimeter that i measure on this drawing i can then go by time, times 100 then over a thousand to make it meter so i can just take a zero off so if I ha if I measure something here to be um, something like 300 mil, I could just take off a zero and it'll be 30 meters. Um, so I, I have that little um, ease adjustment for scale, but do make sure you don't get confused with your scale. Do make sure you understand that. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave this video here. What I'll do is I'm gonna try to get some time on the next video. The ne what the next video will be will be me actually have. Having measured a couple of these circuits, and I'll look at you know bunching, grouping, and then I'll be doing IBINIZ, doing a couple of cable calcs to go with it, and then we'll obviously consider what protected device types we need. Then we'll just talk about regulations a little bit. You know what protected measure we're going to be using? Are we using ADS or double insulation protection or electrical separation? We'll talk a little bit regulation about it, just so that we're keeping our minds with that. And we may also look at another video where we'll look at how to start creating the. Um, the test documents you know because a designer and I've said this in previous videos a designer can calculate ZS by calculation because that's what the purpose of the design is um, you know so we can say oh you know ZER1R2 so ZS should be this we can start to actually see how we obtain that num those numbers and we can create those to go with this it all 
all looks very nice and finished at the end of the day when you finished it that um, by doing it that way. It's um, it's fairly simple stuff. The problem is just getting motivated. But if you don't if you don't start like this, if you don't start by understanding how the wiring systems are going to run, how you plan to employ them, and you must understand them. You must understand how they're going to run, so you understand how you're going to wire through them. There's no point taking a tube from A to B if you actually had to take your cable to C. All right, so do make sure you're understanding that, and you have the freedom through your tube work or your trunking work to do that. But if you don't, if you don't start like this, if you don't start by getting your wiring systems laid out, um, and you're thinking about starting off with cable calculations, your lengths, your routing, you know, won't won't add up. If you just, if you just, for example, went with your drawing, um, where is it there? If you just said, oh, well, I'm going to go from the board to this thing over, where is the, um, there, board to that, oh, well, that's, blah, blah, blah. if you just measure along this wall, and then you go like that, and you think that's your length, but it turns out that you ended up putting a trunking through here, then, you know, everything's going to be wrong. So you must know your root of your wiring system first understand that and then everything's good if you don't do that you're, you're you're pissing in the wind with everything else all right um okay we're gonna leave it there we'll leave this video at this point i will um yeah i'll try and get another video up by the end of the week moving on with this but i need to get some 80th edition stuff done uh yeah okay um hopefully that's helped some of you go forward and, and start off but um do 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 comment and let me know if you're having any issues with your your thing i i'm aware of what the current project is i can't talk about it um you know because you know unless unless you've been given it by your college so you've been issued it i can talk about it with you then but i can't talk about it unless you've been issued it all right um yeah uh I'll speak to you soon bye, -bye.